In this episode, I am joined by Prajwal Ratna Vajracharya, a tantric priest in a centuries-old Newari Buddhist family lineage and master of the religious dance form of Charya Nritya. Prajwal recounts his upbringing and early training explains why his lineage was kept secret for hundreds of years, the reasons for its emergence into public awareness, and why his family received criticism for opening up their sacred secrets. Prajwal describes the holy dance tradition of Charya Nritya and details its layers of spiritual meaning, impact on the subtle energetic body, and emphasis on embodied awakening. Prajwal also shares the application to meditation deity yoga and ritual, and reveals the stages of enlightenment in the Newari Buddhist tradition. So without further ado, Prajwal Ratna Vajracharya. Prajwal Ratna Vajracharya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Steve. This is great. Yes, I'm so delighted to be talking with you. I've been uh, anticipating this interview for quite some time, ever since Taya arranged it for us. Thank you, Taya. Yeah, that's, thank you for Taya for that one, yeah. You have had a remarkable life. Mm-hmm. and belong to a remarkable and I would say not so widely known tradition, that of Newari Buddhism, and in particular lineages and disciplines such as the Charya Nitra dance and, and others. And I'd like to ask you about those. I wonder if we might begin with your own biography. Mm-hmm. Could you say something about what was the context of your upbringing? Where did you grow up? and mm-hmm. Who were your parents? And I know these are all very relevant points. So I would be uh, very interested to hear you talk a bit about those. Yeah, my father's, you know, I was born in Nepal, so in the Kathmandu Valley. So long lineage tradition we have. My ancestors, which is called the Srotabhadra, which is like the considered to be uh, 2200 years. He created the Bihara with the monastic schools in the back in the old days. And those Biharas in Kathmandu Valley is about uh, hundreds of Biharas. They used to be uh, schools and colleges and uh, universities. And so that's in back in old days, but no more exists that way. It's been happening. And then so, and that was my long lineage traditions and my father's, my grandfather's, which is the part of that tra- tra- tradition. So we have a uh, you know, generation to generation is passing down to generation to generation. And my father is the very well-known scholars. He has published many, many books in Nepal. He also did a little bit of revolution in that the ways like, at a, you know, this dance tradition, this secret ritual traditions and new Buddhist tradition been forbidden to not to talk to anybody because we have a, such a crazy kingdoms which has been run by the Hindus for uh, almost 800 years. So last part, which is like the Rana kingdom, they rule. So they don't allow for anybody to talk about the Buddhism. If you are Buddhist, in 1953, they kick out all the Buddhists in, in Nepal Valley. So when you think about that way, they've been ruling for the 800 years. So we're not allowed to talk about a Buddhist tradition. That's why it's not known outside, Nepal you know, Buddhism is not known outside the world. And other part, like the, you know, once you have a surprise for the, that's long period of time, 800 years. So then it's just like a family lineage. It's just going, coming to family lineage, family practice and family. And when you into the family, they just only used to 
only like a ritual, like a life ritual, like the from birth to death, the ritual, and then within the ritual, they have a, all the significance, the meanings, and the whole philosophy isn't there. So this, we still alive in here. Like, for example, we do here every day, you know, also here, I mean, every, every Biharas in Kathmandu Valley, we do the chanting with the, like the 10 Paramita chanting. It is simple what we needed to the foundation for the Buddha Dharma, like uh, the generosity and kindness and the love and joy and happiness, which is called the Dana Paramita. And then Chanti Paramita with the patience, with the, everything you need to be in the patience. And the Bidhi Paramita, you need to keep the efforts and times and you know, keep the energy. And then uh, uh, the discipline, Sila Paramita, sorry, Dana Sila, Sila Comfort, Sila Paramita, which the, make you into discipline. And once you combine with the, the generosity, kindness, and the making the disciplines and the patience and everything combined, then it's become as the meditation. That's a Dhyana Paramita. And once you have a conscious mind working with the Dhyana Paramita, then everything you do into the Prajna Paramita, which is, means wisdom training. So for that to do it, then they also call Bala Paramita with the energy to put on. And then says the, so then Bala, Bala Upaya Paramita, you need to make it that as whatever you put on, that you need to be in a skillful way. You know, if it's done in a skillful way, people will take away it in a different way. You know, you have to make a meaningful and a skillful way. And then Pranidhi Paramita comes, that is, with this, you not only skillful way, you need to have a clear visions. And once you have a clear visions and a clear path, then turning everything to the, to the wisdom, knowledge. So the last one is the Jnana Paramita comes. So those are the things in the everyday in the mornings. This is not the doing for a Buddha Puja, it's doing for reminding for us. That's like the, you know, Buddhism used to be a practical. Is need, need to be practiced. So that's the way we do practice every day and use in a practical life and bring you that to, to tradition. So that's the long lineage traditions in my tradition, which is, as I say, like the, my, my ancestor, which is like a 2200 years. And that also the, in the other part, like when the Asoka, he, con he concrete everything, he take a refuse to, refuse to Nepal and he builds Everywhere he goes, he dedicated to his whatever he done in the past with the killing too many people. So he's offered the stupa. And that stupa still exists in my, my Bihara in the present day. That was in the third century. So the evidence so that way, it's been hundreds of thousands of years. It's been carried on the Newa Buddhist traditions. And but, you know, as I say, like uh, there's no that much people are it had been suppressed with the with the, the kingdoms, so that not much our people are you know continues to talk or practice. Now, like at present day, I means so many now like scholars and people are starting studying in all different things. We you know people start building up a little more, but it's been for long period of times. Now, it's times like coming out for the Nyawa Buddhism that I can say. So that's fascinating. I wonder if you might describe some of the distinctive characteristics of Newari Buddhism. For example, the Guruju caste mm -hmm. of which you're a part, the Vajracharya role. I wonder if you might say something about that and also the rich artistic 
and creative tradition that's there in Nairai Buddhism. Yeah, Guruju. Guruju means the Guru Bhazu. That's what they call the Guru Bhazu means the teacher, respecting teacher. So that's the Nyawa peoples, and then you know, Bhadrachari is like a, the Tantic master. They have a incredible knowledge. They have incredible sadhana. They do under every Nyawa Bhadracharya's. They have always the secret sign rooms. They no, nobody saw them. The only family is allowed to that secret room. So we've been practicing that, you know, tantras and the texts and the rituals, and it's been for a long period of the time. So Guru Bhazu, that's just the, in the back end all day, we have a, any things happen in the city, like the people have a problems, people have a, uh, dying and death and the spirit and bad spirit and good spirit and uh, horrible you know, situation happening. So Bhadrachari is always able to remove that kind of obstacle. So that's why they call the Guru Bhaju is the you know Bhadrachari is considered the Guru Bhaju. So and then like in Nepal, like a, let's say in a present day, like a pregnancy, you know, when you have a pregnancy, they do like a three month, within three months they do the ritual, six months they do the ritual, nine months they do the ritual. So they make sure that it's in the psychologically like okay, you are you know, when you got freaking, you know, lots of in the West. Like uh, people are freaking out, like uh, what are you know what are going to happen, and then also the males and females, like a parent, like a oh no no, it's just like you know. So when you do the ritual, it's make you like calm and relax. Okay, it's gonna be okay. So when you mental set up that way, and then when the baby come out, it's come out with a nicely. But here, like that, you know, they don't have any ritual. They just don't know what to do, you know. So they are in the ritual tradition, keep alive. Anything will take care of that. I will, you know, making rituals. So that's why the Guru Bhazu is like a, when the Guru Bhazu say this will be great. So your mental setup and then it's rise in the, you know, very smoothly. That's why the Guru Bhazu is like the great master, great teachers that consider in back and all day. Still, I mean, they consider like a, in Nepal, like a Bhadrachari is like, a, okay, they know who know more, more than others. So, but those days, the modernization is happening, so studies are getting less, but still there is a people who, you know, does practice and talk about the Dharma. That's what I can say. So. And your father was a famous Bhadracharya also, yeah. and he trained you in this patrilineal tradition. Could you say something about the, your training? What was it like growing up? with your father and having him pass on these teachings to you? Yeah, my father have like the 500 clients we called, you know, they like the rituals, you know, people's like anything happen in the 500 families. So my father is always busy with the ritual. And top of that, he have a incredible book collections, like the richings, you know, he wrote the book, he, he write the book. So he have a published about the 20 book on the different topics, like let's say, for example, like uh, why people sacrifice, what is the meaning of the sacrifice? And <clears throat> what is the Tantra say about the sacrifice? You know, every Buddhist traditions in Nepal, they, you know, not to don't do the sacrifice. That's one to make people understanding the meaning of the sacrifice and the Biharas and then how many Biharas, the key of the Bihara. And Nepal also the, have a lot of, different feasts they make the 
parties, you know, and what is the significance to with like is is this is is cuisines uh, have a meaning and significance? How to eat that proper way, and uh, all the ritual object. Uh, why we needed this particular ritual object? So, <coughs> so growing up with my father's and follow with my father's step, and uh, and then we have also. Uh, I don't know, wherever coming to study is the Buddha Dharma, somehow all the scholars end up in my family, you know. So all the questions people ask and all different questions. So, and then I am, I'm happen to be happen. I speak a little English back in old days. So I'm happen to happen to translate for my father. So I learned so much, you know, from just to talk to people. But the, here in my family, it's like a, it's a practical use, like a, any kind of, we don't never talk about any bad things in my family. Never talk about anything's have the solutions, like a view of the Buddhist way of solution. It's you did wrong, that's okay. You did wrong, so well, it's, you know, it's will be okay. Next time, don't do it. So it's just make you into practical. So you, it's a whole family and we have a, you know, I have also the the six siblings, so I'm a baby in my family. So I have all the brothers, six, you know, five brothers I have. So, you know, I've been well, well take care, like the, every brother's been take caring me. So I'm like a kind of like a freedom. So I don't need to be responsibility to anything. So I'm a freedom. I can just take everything from my other brothers also. So I have a one brother, which is also the two, actually two brothers from the, the my the two brothers is a tanka painter, powa painting. And my powa painting also that's way like a, my brothers doesn't draw the powa painting from that, you know, from this some, something they see. They, whatever it written on the text, like a Nisponno Yugabali, Sadhanamala, whatever written on the text. So he draw based on reading that Sanskrit, take it out, the meaning and significance of sadhana and he drew the painting. So my one of brothers had done every single uh, paintings based on the Nisponoigabali, which is 26 different mandalas is, is described. And you never see that mandala, but that is what he drew. And my other brothers also, now he became the follower with my father's father's step, father's first step with the rituals and publishing the book my oldest brothers. And then other brothers, I have uh, also the Sanskrit scholars who, who studies in India in the Sanskrit. And other brothers, we have a government officer, which is all the politics part in that. And one brothers, I have a tailors. So we have all different fields in the path and we carry on this, these traditions. So growing up with the all different fields. So I have a lot of knowledge with every, you know, just be hang out and we live in the same house, still in the present day, we live in the same house, all the brothers and the wife and the kids, you know, so just in the everyday practice, that's where we grew up. So still in the present day. Yeah. And it was from the age of eight. Is that correct? That you began formal instruction with your father? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. My father started teaching the dance because for the youth, because, you know, just only the the brothers and what's called friends and not the friends, only Bajrachari people. So they not allow for the other people to learn this, you know, formal teaching. So my father started the kind of like a 
get together all the Badracharis in a young young people start to teaching with the talking about a little bit dharma and then the dance. So and then my brothers, my all two brothers also study, but I don't know somehow they're not interested then when they grow up. So I got an opportunity. I just continues with the learning this dance and then continues practicing this dance. So my age of eight. And the twelfth I already perform and a fifteenth I already travels with my dance to the Hong Kong. So when I was fifteen I was in Hong Kong. Then sixteen, seventeen I travel India and the nineteenth I already traveled to Japan through with my dance. So sorry dance. What is the training process that your father put you through? I suppose there's a choreography, certain movements one has to learn, but also deeper levels of meaning, I I uh would assume what what are the levels of training that you went through as a boy yeah first training like the, just to come and relax you know simple things like it's hard time hard for the kids to run you know that's the young age like you want to run around you know so that make you come and relax and meditate like the only not long like a five ten minute only just make you into the soft and the gentle way of meditation and talk about the mudras like the you know meaning of the mudras, like uh, why is this mudra has been in a thousand years, you know? First, they come with like a five Buddhas, like a history, a little bit about the five Buddhas. Like, uh, you know, first Buddha come with the meditation, and then he come with the touch, he have to touch to the ground, to the earth, to get the, the liberation from the meditations. Then he walked with the, the blessing mudra, and he gave always in that mudra, he taught in the you know, Dharma Chakra mudra. So those kind of simple, symbolic, uh teachings it just really bring you to the you know bring you to the meanings of the life and not only that like the you know, five buddhas is like a key into the new buddhist traditions which is way thousands of years before is built with the bodhanath stupas and swaimbunath stupa in nepal so and then also those uh five buddhas also have a vehicle that's also make me make me make you like so interest like uh, why the Bairochanas have the lions you know why the Achobe have the elephant and then significant meanings like uh, in this is not like a mystically you cannot go other way around it's have to be go is the same way and when you talk about the meanings of the life this is this is it like uh, the first you need to be a uh, lions like as soon as you come through the world as a baby you are like a kings of the, you know, you, you know, just need to screams and you get everything's what you need it, you know, you hunger, you scream, you poop, you scream, then clean up there, you know, like the feel like the kingdoms of the, your, your, you, you are in a kingdom, then why you need to fear, you know, and then this continues, you know, the feel like the elephant is considered to the fear and then horse come after that like oh you need to continue and then the pickup comes after that like a hey it's you know there's so many things there you know and you should be happy and you should be dry anything that comes it is you know i can take it that way it doesn't bother like then you know peacock it's considered that not even like the python snakes can solo and making a beautiful fairer and then keep the mind in a conscious mind. So when you practice, when you do, so those are the animal is taught in the Buddha. So that's why it's a very simple way. My father's, you know, connected to the animals, connected to the nature, connected to, to bring you to that. That's making like a, wow, this is, 
in amazing. That's the very powerful tools. So that's what we learned from the childhood. You've begun to talk there about the dance, the Charya Nritya dance. I wonder if you might tell us something about that dance. What is its origin and what is its purpose? How does it function within the Newar Buddhist system? Well, Charya is like the key key of to get enlightened. That's what we say in also the, even like a Hebrews or Tantras, without dance and a singing, there's no way of liberations. There's also Yogini Tantras like at a, without, the, without the dance and the singing, there's no way to honor the, the Yoginis. So when you see this kind of things, the Charya Nitya is the, those master being found to, to basically like at a, Charya Nitya is like a, embodiments as a deity you become yourself as a deity but preparation for that the, the deity is to rise there's a lots of different ways like the feet in the hands and the, you know awareness to have to be happen so charyaniti is a guide you to understanding the awareness how is that making the movements in in the awareness so in a charyaniti whenever every movements it have to be meanings or every movement you have to be completely awareness. You're not just doing this like, oh, I am, you know, showing the mudra. Every movement, it's just right, it have a meanings in there. So they talk about like the you know, inner, outer, and a secret. So outer mudra is like, oh, I'm showing flower, this is flower. When you come to the inner mudra, essence rising softly. Then when you go to the secret mudra, fills with the entire body with that, I am like like lotus flowers so that's the way they goes in the charya charya tradition so it's bring you completely every moment like the full of full of awareness and also the other part which is like the tantra practice deity yoga practice which is like embodiment of your deity so you visualize the deity you bring you your deity and then you become as a deity so you can help through all sense and being so that means charya. Charya means also the practice. Nirti means nitti. It's coming from the nitti tradition. Nitti is means the daily practice. So charya nirti means the daily practice, which is in the Newa Buddhist tradition. You have to do the daily practice. If you don't do the practice, if you chop, 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 chop in the Dharma, then it doesn't continue with this. So that's why Charya Niti is a bring you that awareness practice, no matter what you do, it's practice in you know, like every moment, like, you know, they talk about like a walking meditation, eating meditation, same way, like a, whenever you do anything you do, feel it in the body and connected with the body. So, and then they have an involved with the, you know, nerve systems in the mudras, like when you come to the nerve mud, it's like, a, why this mudra is more famous, you know, because this mudra is connected to the, the veins with the mind, that's why they call again the mudra, you know, so it's directly connected to the brains. So when you sit with this mudra, it's make you, make you like the telepathic, what do you call that, it's connected to the mind and make you soft and calm. And then this mudra goes through the center channel, which is like a cleansings and a purifyings in the part. This channel go to the fire energy channel. It's make you the generating the chi energy there. This channel running with the water channel make you into balancing the water. So any mudra in the back in old days they use for those 
for uh, healing their own self and then also make other people healing. So that's why the Charya Niti is it's founded by the, those master when they see from the visions of their mind and then see inside the body. And some of the Charya, there's a thousands of different Charya. So some of the Charya is about, talk about the nerve systems, like the veins, how that veins goes, Nirmanadi. They talk about how the veins, where the chakras, how the combine together and then in a transformation. And some, some Charya is esoteric. They talk about more like the, how to, like the deepening into the sickness and build the, the what we call incredible energy through with the mudra so you know they then also they have a coach they the the outer mudra with they talk about the nature like the when she was listening to the nature like okay three trees you know winds come to the trees and trees move into a beautiful ways and fall the tree leaves and dancing around and move around and wash it away into the emptiness you know they very specifically they talk about the nature so charyaniti it's like a so many different levels and so many different way you can bring the realizations that is about the charya mm. so that's really needed for the, everybody to practice the charya that's why it's in the thousands of charya we have so that's very interesting the phrase you used to feel everything that you do in the body mm -hmm. uh, that emphasis on the body is very interesting you talked about sadhana you talked about the deity yoga and I think sometimes sadhana is taken to be deity yoga, sitting still, close the eyes and imagine, imagine uh, the deity, that sort of thing. Maybe there's some mantra, uh, maybe there's some breathing, holding the breath, like tomorrow or something like this. But this seems to be in this uh, Chaya Nitya tradition, so much more involving the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you also do meditation, sitting in stillness, imagining, visualizing deities uh, like uh, they might do in certain other kinds of uh, tantric traditions, or is everything involving movement and the body? No, I do practice every day sitting meditation for an hour. First things, my wake up, that's my sitting. So visualizing all the deities, reciting the mantras, bringing it into the bodies now. That's my every days for, you know, since I get the kids, I've been doing that, that practice. So <laughs> then movements is come later on only. So mm -hmm. also in the, in the practice of the Charya dance, you have to sit to get the understandings, your body. Without body understanding, there's no movement comes. So you have to understand the body. What do you mean by that? You have to sit to get the body understanding. Well, body understanding like it, okay. Like if I need to dance like a Manjushri or Vajrapani or whoever that lady is. So you have to sit here and then you're making that mind connections with the energy and the qualities and understanding the every tools, uh, the no, object, what they're holding. So you bring you that tools and bring you the whole bodies will be changed. Once you have a visualization and clearing and bring it that, it's your body started changing suddenly. And when you dance, you will be different. You're not, you know, my father's always talk about that. My father, by the way, my father's name is Ratnakaji Bajrachare. So they call Pandit Ratnakaji Bajrachare. So my father always talk about that. Once you are into the dance, you don't exist yourself anymore. So you are a different person dancing. 
It just energy move completely different way. It just know where it is, what, who I am. You just lost your own self. So, but complete awareness in that. So energy, so something energy, you bring it and then make move. Do you remember in your training the first time you experienced that? That period of times, I don't know that much. I got uh, experience, experience in uh, my child childhood time, you know. But we have like the any times I do, people feel like wow, you move so gracefully. It just do I move that gracefully? You know, even I don't know, I move really gracefully. But people feel that way is the movements like a wow, this is so simple movement. It's make it move, you know, graceful. So that they feel so. You've described the Charya Nitya dancing in terms of the practitioner, the dancer, and the meditative aspects of it for the dancer. What about an audience? Is this dance also a performance? Does it have a function for the audience members also in terms of meditation? Yeah, this is, you know, I mean, it's like the Imagine that like the deities appearing in the present day, you know, like the, with dances, like the give, give life of the painting, give life of the statues. So for them, like, wow, this as soon as the appearance with the dance costumes and dress and movement, every little thing, so the dance is described as the iconograph, iconographies of the deities. So when it arise, it's make a completely transformation for the audience. Yeah. It's a powerful tool, you know. I mean, so that's why it's in a Buddha Dharma practitioner. This should be a little bit experience and it feels embodiment rather than talk in intellectual. Like, a, you know, Buddha Dharma is like more about talk about the fall noble to talk about the eightfold path, talk about. So embodiment is like, a, what does it look like the fall noble truth? What you see in the sufferings, you know, feel in the suffering all you know and then the way a path in and a liberating from the suffering and transformation from suffering arising so embodiment it's a very different than just read the intellectual text you know yeah are you understanding but understanding is your your intellectual mind understanding but embodiment it's very different so that's to make it make it powerful with this dance so Wonderful, fascinating. Thank you very much. You mentioned that this has been kept secret for hundreds of years, and you gave some reasons as to why that is. But gradually, it's become more and more public. In 1957 was a year where there was some publicity. Secrecy was pulled aside for a moment. Can you talk about the history of the emergence of Charya Nitra? into more public awareness. Why did it happen and who did it? Well, there is a couple of people who was in, in 1957. So before the 1967, only allowed for to the secret. They never allowed for the public to watch or even listen to this. They are very tight in that period of time. So, but the 1957, they got a, what's called democratic system a little bit. And they bring you to the World Buddhist Conference. That's called the Fourth World Buddhist Conference. Happened to be happen in Nepal, and uh, Buddhist tradition. They don't know what to present. You know, lots of Buddhist other countries they do lots of different things. And then 
that's one of the Bajrachari from patterns like, okay, we should do the chariot arrows. So, so that's the first performance happened in 19, 1957, that only one dance. And other people have a com comment, like a complainings about uh, this dance supposed to not, the not to do. So then go underground again, like uh, that not supposed to be performed. And then my father's, you know, as a scholar, like uh, like uh, they, they sell the statues, naked statues, you know, or paintings, you know, everywhere, you know. And then why not like that this dance should be teaching to everybody. So he wrote a book on the Chariot, Chariot dance. First book came out like a Buddhist ritual dance in the 80s, 82nd. That was the, you know, Buddhist, they call, somebody translate that one, so Buddhist ritual dance. And then volume one, volume two, Chachamuna, they, they you know, published it. So, but when they came out, the, Buddhist, the text came out, everybody blamed my father's. You should not perform now like a chariot is like being market. Everybody can read, everybody can now you you take out the secretness. And my father just gave a simple, simple, simple way of communication to those people. What is a secret? You know. So there's the statues there, they describe in a chariot dance about the statues, how beautiful, what the wisdom they can give, how to transform it and get it. This is the wisdom. Instead of a statue, you should give a charya so they can learn more meanings out of that. So if you can make it that meaningful way of life, then this is, will be the, this is our tradition. There's no such secretness there. Secretness there, which is hard to understanding, like a, as I mentioned that, you know, talk about nariz and chakras, you know, it's hard to understand. Those are the secret, but those, all the deity is not a secret there. It is okay to, Okay, to make it that. But people have a, in my understanding, they are more, you know, if you've been suppressed for the hundreds of years with the same thing, you're not allowed to tell, you're not allowed to say. So everybody's have like, okay, not, you know, they, they, they like a, so much into, into the, their mind, like a, always, my, that's why I'm saying my father is a very revolutionary. He did like a crazy revolution there to make that people understanding. And until my father's alive, actually, nobody respect my father's like a, he's a revolutionary. He's a, he's, you know, after, after he passed away, now my father's book is like a superhero book. That's only evidence everybody get it. Anybody talk about a Charya dance? That's my father's book. Without my father's book, there's no Charya tradition, it's continuous. So that's a happen. So that's why, you know, the, it is, in the in the beginnings, it's a difficult, but it is 1957 was one, then it's lost for 20 years, and my father came along that way, he started teaching the Westerner, teaching in a secret way, you know, and then also the other part, like the, my father's also a little bit smart in that part, he created few dance, so he started teaching what he wrote. And people comes like, at a, hey, you're not a secret. No, this is not a secret dance. This, I wrote this dance. Look at this, sign off with my name. So that's why he, he, he explored more to the world. So now it's like a charity dance is everywhere. Every college, every school, every part in Nepal, charity dance being done, so. Fascinating. You mentioned uh, chakras and nadis, etc., And you also talked about the significance of the mudra. Mm -hmm. 
do the movements of the dance also have impact on the chakras and the nadis of the system? Is that part of the design of the the movements? Yeah, yeah, that's a, you know every movements like the you know as I say like a, it's you know how you move, how you bat. So even like a feet movements like the, you know you you see maybe if I explain about more like a reflexology. And you touch it like a pressure, acupressure or acupuncture. When needles, it's make your whole body move. Same way, when you move the, the heat, the body, when you move the touch and feeling, that's the connecting interconnections with the body. So that's a always smudra. That's why it's, you know, in a tantra, they say, without teacher, don't even begin to do practice this dance. Oh, you have to be a teacher because it can be harm you. So like a, if you poke in the needles in a different way, it's harm you in a different way. So you need to be in the, in without teacher, don't do it. So that's why it is, you know, connections with this. So that's why when you do that way, that's why you have to be in the meditation. You have to be awareness. You have to be understanding perfectly before you start to dancing. So that's why we don't teach the dance in the beginning at all. We just start the teachings about the theory. So theory is then when you have an understanding, then you start to begin the dancing. And then you, when you move, you can feel. When you move, you have fully understandings. So it's a flow in your body or just rise in the body itself so you can easily move the body. So that's what's happening. Yeah. Are the dances used also for the purposes of uh, ritual, for example, um, marking special occasions or perhaps uh, working with spirits, for example, exercising bad spirits or inviting the blessing of good spirits and so on. Is the dance used also in a ritual format uh, in, in a way that sometimes sadhana is used in other traditions? Yeah, the dance that is is about. So dance is coming from the ritual, dance is coming from the sadhana, dance is coming from taking care of what need to be taken care of with the bad spirit and you know, creating the good spirit and transformations is happening. So basically this dance is done only in the ritual contents in in the past. So now it's everybody doing this, you know, everywhere, but it started from the ritual contents. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's still in the present day in Nepal. They any rituals is is happen. They have a particular rituals like a is like a you're doing it's a, also the other part like a they doing the some ritual there, but connecting to that rituals into the how the movements it's arise or how the song is go. So song is explained in the same kind of ritual what is happening. So every rituals have a every different songs in the traditions. So still in the present day, that's still does as a practice. In the Newari tradition, how is this dance seen in the context of enlightenment? Is it a practice that can bring you towards enlightenment? Is it, uh, how is it seen in that context? Well, in, in contents like in the Newari traditions, like enlightenment is the happiness. First enlightenment is living happy and a present day were happy and living life with the happy. So in this contents, like at a first, if you can live with a first, first of all, like a, if you have a complete awareness in the, you know, how you're living in the life 
and it's just happiness like everything's come along like a, as i say like a, they know like a, all the illusions you know buddha dharma is all about the illusion so there's a bad thing there's a good thing so you know they always happening the good things and the bad things always but if you need to, to make a balance so what make you balance in the buddha dharma is like a understanding and when you understand that way take that way like the peacock you know take that all the negative thing take all the poisons and take make it that transformations it's happening so that's why it is into the in, to liberation is like a first step of liberation if you can live with a happy life in this present day present day and then it's making manifestation happening itself so then second step like uh, once you're in the living in the happy and uh, everybody's around with you you creating the happiness there so you're passing on to happy if you have a sad if you have a unhealthy you cannot make it the healthy you know uh, happy to other people so happiness you pass on and it's creating the happiness it's making a the whole community will be happy once you have a community with are happy and then they have a you know risings with that wow this is joyness and happiness is there and it's bring you to the awareness on top of that and then once you get the awareness and the build that way and then it's just building more and more that's the way that we call enlightenment so so first step of enlightenment we call the happiness so but we need to be practiced in the living in the happiness so that's why you know to show you that's why it's in the tantras you know without dance and the singing dance is the mantra dance really they call the dance is a meditation singing is the the awareness because every tuning like you know when you guitar tuning you have to make the balance like a right in tuning right in then same way you have a right in the pitch in like the speaking or singing proper way this is body will be transforming and you move with through with the with the singing and dancing whole body is to the liberations kind of feel so that's why that's why it's you know this dance also the you know as i say like a deity yoga practice so you become as deities when you're dancing so that's the qualities of the enlightenment that's in there too so wonderful thank you this has been such a wonderful conversation i'd like to ask you about your teaching you do i know teaching online you have a temple in portland and I'd like to ask you about that. But first, my last question about practice for you. How can we, perhaps listeners, how can we begin to, or I'll say this, what advice would you have for somebody who wants to begin to feel the whole body, like you talked about, feeling, getting in contact with the whole body and beginning to bring the practice of meditation or study into the body and not just in the intellect what's what uh, advice do you have for people who wish to do that uh, um i mean you know we do every wednesday which is called sadhana practice which is in with this in the sadhana practice give you to awareness basically like that we do the awakenings with the chakras and awakening the senses and on top of that we also do the the protecting is the body with the, the syllables with the mantras go along with that way and then if we make it that's you know whole idea is like that we have a you know blockings in this in the bodies in a different way so we need to be openness need to bring it there 
And there, you know, also the Nyawa Buddhist Tyson, if they can find some things about, uh, you know, significance and the meanings of the life, which is means also the vowels and consonant sounds. So vowels and consonant sounds back in old days, in the Buddha period of time, Buddhas to get, make them realizations about the nature, realizations about the disaster, realizations of the awareness, realizations of the phenomena in the world. So they thought in through the, the Siddhartha, Gautama, uh, with the vowels and consonant sound. Each vowels and consonant sounds have the significance and meanings and also connected to the inner part of the body. We call the um, more like the nyasas. Nyasas means like a, there's a ah, uh, ah, uh, e, you know, all, all the part in the body is it's connected to vowels and consonant sound. And each vowels and consonant sounds also the, like a ah uh, means appear with the anitya. So anitya means that way is like the why the anitya first letter became that way, you know, because they talk about anitya is the emptiness. So with the world is like the there is no such things there, but there is such a thing there. So ah coming to the atma, the spirit energy comes. E comes with the divineness. So they talk every little thing. So we can make it that is to understandings and find the sources that way. It's a help you to people to, you know, to understanding the body. So I idea also in Buddha Dharma, first you have to understanding, don't blame other people, don't, you know, other people. You have to understanding this body. Where you come from, what is the nature, you bring it that way, why I'm unhappy, why I'm unsatisfied, you know, you just understanding this body and then it's make a transformations happening. That's why we do every Wednesday, this is a free online, so it's a guided meditation, people can join, then, you know, so just to get a little hints, but there is a many different way, human Human body is so complicated body There's, you know, most of people talk about that. It's not easy to just go, but patient is important. So that's why be patient and try to understand. That's why the, all the Buddhas and Bodhisattva, they came to enlightened because of the awareness of the body. So they practice no matter how it is. So we have a practice with this in a, in a sadhana practice. So every Wednesday, six o'clock in the, my time. So thank you. And where can people find out? more about your activities and your temple and your online teachings. Yeah, that's is in a web page, always update the web page. My dance uh, teachings and dance activities also, you know, we have, I have two web pages, dancemandal.com, D-A-N-C-E-M-A-N-D-A-L. Don't keep the L-A, so dancemandal. If you go L-A, there's different web pages, .com. And then also the Portland Baha, Portland, P-O-R-T, L L A N D land B A H A B A dot org. That's a two-way page I have. That's at the temple non-perfect organization. So you can get all information, and only way we can reach to the people with the email. So just sign up for the email. So you get a once sometimes no two what call every every month with two emails. So we send out. We don't send out that much email. So yeah, that's the information you can get it. Thank you. This has been such a fascinating conversation. Thank you for sharing all about your tradition and your lineage and teaching. Prajwal Ratnavacharya, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for, you know, including me in your work class. So thank you very much. 
great. Thank you for listening to another Guru Viking podcast. For more interviews like these, as well as articles, videos, and guided meditations, visit www.guruviking.com.